You've just entered a safe, relaxed, and open forum where you can allow your imagination to take you places you normally dare not go. Welcome to The Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where we discuss evil resistance in the early efforts of sobriety. Here's Toby. Hey, I'm back. It's Toby. Welcome to The Fourth Dimension. In case you didn't hear the announcer, I like to repeat myself. Hey, uh, we don't talk about the Garden of Eden. We don't talk about Adam and Eve. We don't talk about the forbidden fruit here. We talk about the snake. This is uh, the subject of this show is about evil resistance that so many of us experience in early recovery. And I want to welcome to the studio my guest today, Mary T. Welcome, Mary. Thank you, Toby. So anyway, I just want to do a quick warm up. So the listeners, the, if you're a repeat uh, listener, welcome back because uh, we always have great, exciting, um, encouraging messages here on the fourth dimension, I call them ghost stories, okay? And go, these ghost stories, by the way, newcomers are tailored for you. If you're having trouble getting off the bottom and you've hit the bottom in your drug addiction or your alcohol abuse or your gambling addiction or your deviant sex or your compulsive shopping or your codependency, you know, pick a card, any card, okay? Quite often, something doesn't want us to get off that bottom, all right? And that's gonna be the essence of our show today. And you're gonna hear us talk about uh, the evil one, or um, what do you call what do you call it, Mary? I I call it the devil. The devil. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, different names. I had one guest in here um, refer to uh, the fallen angel as Old Scratch. So you can call him whatever you want. And again, hey, I'm here to tell you, whoever denies the existence of the devil is a heretic. And I want to be real clear about that. Okay. Obviously, the devil is not at the center of faith, but his figure and understanding and being aware of his figure is indispensable to understanding the mysteries of faith, okay? And let me tell you, gang, recovery is a big spiritual mystery, especially in early recovery, and something wants to confuse us. That's all we're trying to do here is, is we're not trying to offer up uh, any demonstration uh, any paranormal uh, evidence, all we want you to do is to believe. If you believe that God can do for you what you can't do for yourself, then certainly be aware and believe in the evil one, that there's something out there to get you, all right? If you're not careful, if you're vulnerable. Mary, do you remember in early recovery uh, when you hit bottom? Do you remember just this, this gift of desperation, they call it? And do you remember how fragile and vulnerable you were? Do you remember that? Sure do. I do remember um, when I hit my bottom, I actually was sitting in a lawyer's office because my family was all falling apart. And um, I didn't even know I had hit bottom. He had to tell me. That's how um, uh, disillusioned I was. I, I, once I explained everything that had just happened to me, um, he sat swinging his leg on the edge of his desk saying, well, my dear, I think you've just hit bottom. And uh, Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, a wake up. Mm-hmm. Just quickly, I just I always like to do a warm up in the show to, to, to let us get to know you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit about your history and um, and no drunkologues, but really, you know, you, you know, who Mary T was. Uh, is and and was and where you came from and so um, I grew up in Scotland um, and I grew up in a a family of um, three children I'm a, a twin 
and the youngest. I'm the only girl, so I was really special right from the beginning. Um, my mom and dad were blue-collar workers and, uh, you know, very loving parents. I had a, I had a really nice childhood. Um, of course, we had moments where, you know, mom and dad had a fight or so, and, um, and that wasn't so great. But uh, really, I, 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 I didn't have any uh, trauma in my early years. And uh, when I was 18 years old, I, I moved to New York as a nanny. And um, shortly thereafter, when I was 19, I met the man that would actually end up helping to save my life. And he became my husband. And we got married when I was uh, 21, got engaged on my 21st birthday. And, um, you know, we planned our life. Everything was a plan. And life went along swimmingly well. Uh, planning everything, and uh, we would go back to Scotland and travel Europe. Uh, we had a great life for twenty years. Yeah, you know, you're 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 playing the fast forward on this on this description of your life, but it sounds to me like you experienced and and you you achieved the American dream. This We'd, was really a dream come true, wasn't it? It was a dream come true, and uh, yeah, a lot of hard work uh, together. Uh, my husband and I did open up a, a restaurant, and um, that was a great place for the devil to uh, blossom. You know that uh, uh, disease um, that I have, and um, uh, okay. disease of alcoholism. Let me ask you, Mary: Is it possible that in the midst of of you experiencing this miraculous American experience? And, and, and becoming involved and being part of, of the great society here, if you will. Did you get caught up in it, and, and did you lose maybe sight of, of, of any God that you had back in Scotland or any God that you grew up with? Did you get distracted, perhaps? Sure did. There yeah. it was. Yeah, I did get distracted. Um, not knowing it, though, um, because this the illusion that the devil... Uh, creates. Um, I I feel that uh, I didn't know that l my life was falling apart until it fell apart. How and, interesting! Yeah. yeah, you know, there's a saying: if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Mm -hmm. You didn't think you were bad. You were having a wonderful experience. You were probably um, feeling really good about yourself and really good about life mm -hmm. until uh, about my fortieth birthday and. Uh, and when someone introduced me to something other than alcohol. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, it was a fast track to, um, to, to the end. And, and I, I did feel like the, the devil was uh, within at that time. I was um, uh, enraged at the end. And, um, and I knew that I was losing my family. And I could do nothing about it. In fact, I knew that um, that if I didn't stop doing what I was doing, I wouldn't live long enough to see my children grow up to have their own children. And at that time, they were 11 and 14. Mm -hmm. Not to get too detailed, but what do you think... Actually, let me just pause for a minute. If you're just joining us, I'm Toby C. I'm here with Mary T. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. We talk about evil resistance that so many people experience in early recovery. And Mary's talking about certainly um, something that leads many people down 
to the, the steepest part of the abyss, um, drug use. You know, alcohol may be a slow burn, but for, for many of us, um, drugs and certainly methamphetamine mm-hmm. can, can push us into that free fall. Mm-hmm. What do you think led you from the, the conviviality and the slow death of alcohol abuse, if you will, to methamphetamine? Was it, was it boredom? Was it distraction? Was it maybe I need a little bit more energy to run my business? Maybe it'll help me be alert. What do you think was going on there, Mary? What do you think? Well, I mean, not to analyze it too much. I, I just, um, with alcohol, I, it made me feel good. It gave me confidence. You know, I um, was running this business with people that were, you know, I thought better than me. Um, and, um, and the meth, when I took that, um, it made me feel invincible. And um, and that I it made me feel better than again, and that I yes I had a lot of energy. I thought I was queen of the world. Mm-hmm. There it is. We don't want to get hung up on 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 how we get to the bottom here. We want to know you know once once the evil one, the fallen angel, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him, and and he is real. He is real. He grabs a hold of us at the bottom and won't let go. And, um, and you're describing, perhaps, Mary, that you were trying to conceal um, and maybe hide some, some insecurities with this, this illusion uh, that this drug uh, enabled you to experience. All right, that's fine. But we want to get off the bottom and break out of this illusion. Do you remember that? Do you remember being at the bottom and um, you got a restraining order, you lost your children, you ended up in rehab, the whole deal? Describe your first real evil experience, your first evil memory when you're at that bottom and you were trying to get off, get off the bottom. I think that would have been when I was in the back of a patrol car in my driveway and... um uh, the feeling of helplessness and how am I going to get out of this and um, and looking through the window and seeing my daughter looking back at me and um, just feeling so low. Um, and ashamed? Ashamed, fearful, um, uh, powerless. Um, I didn't know really how to feel. Uh, it was just, it was, it was darkness. And um, I do remember, though, um, thinking, how am I going to get out of this? And, um, and, and having that, I did have a moment of clarity and saying, okay, one foot in front of the other and what's going to happen to me? I, but I, it was very frightening. Yeah. What's the opposite end of the spectrum, Mary, from shame? It's pride, isn't it? And, um, you know, we talked about, you know, possibly being so distracted. One of my favorite little, you know, quotes in this book called Alcoholics Anonymous is, you know, deep down in every man, woman, and child is this fundamental idea of God. But he may be obscured by, by ego and pomp and turmoil and calamity and worship of other things in our business and our family and our children and the whole deal. 
and um, you got distracted. You even admitted it. And was your distraction out of out of the seven deadlies of pride, anger, envy, greed, lust, sloth, and gluttony? What do you think? Uh, what what type of sinful behavior? Sorry to sound like a preacher. <laughs> what type of sinful behavior do you think, Mary, opened you you up to this uh, this evil interference? Definitely pride. It was pride. Mm-hmm. There it was, and it was the shame, and and perhaps was it was it this shame that that you that may have prevented you from getting off this bottom sooner than you did. What do you think? Shame. Um, and anger. You mentioned anger, too. Anger. Uh, yeah, I was very angry. And, you know, I was pointing the finger. I was blaming everybody else. I couldn't take a look at myself. Uh, definitely pointing the finger at my husband and everything was, every, it was all his fault. I, I couldn't take a look at me. Yeah. Okay, when we come back with Mary, um, she's going to describe to us a surreal a moment, a very surreal moment where she was in one world and she was looking at another world, a world that used to be hers. And it was a terrifying, hopeless, lonely, sad experience. And Mary's going to mash it out with us when we come back. Here on the Fourth Dimension with Toby C. talking about evil resistance during early recovery with Mary T. Be right back. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. Hey, mashing it out with Mary T. And uh, talking about the devil within, you know. Yeah, I just mentioned deep down in each one of us is the fundamental idea of God. But I got to tell you, gang, and I've mentioned this before, the biggest trick the devil plays on the world is getting everybody to believe he doesn't exist. The devil wants us to think he's right up there with the Easter bunny and, uh, and the Thanksgiving turkey and Santa Claus, okay? But gang, he does exist very much. Mary, tell us about the existence of the devil and, and your experience of the devil within and early recovery. Mash it out for us. Thanks, Toby. I, I'm not sure if it was early recovery because I, I was still in that phase of um, trying to get to recovery, but it was um, after the, um, uh, you know, the elephant now was being talked about in the room, and that was the alcoholism. And after my husband had given me an intervention, very lovingly so, um, where my daughter was there, and uh, they had taken me, and I went willingly to uh, the treatment center where I saw the nurse, and they said, come back after lunch, and um, we left, and we went to go have lunch, and I have never felt such fury in my life. I know that this was, and I call it to this day, the devil within. This was, this was something within me that was enraged and did not want to get well did not want to go to treatment, didn't want to change what was going on. And I remember just 
storming around this um, center where the restaurant was, and I was just um, furious. And uh, my poor husband and, and daughter were just watching me. And um, I uh, then told them, I'm not going. I'm not going to that treatment center. And it was several months later and further down the rabbit hole um, before I um, was able to surrender. And um, it was it was not pretty. I, you know, then started drinking around the clock and, um, you know, taking more of this meth, FedExing it to my little, you know, private Idaho and, um, and was further isolated from everybody and everything that I loved and that loved me. You know, early recovery can also be described as people who are so sick and they're dying and they don't even know it. And, uh, and when you were describing being enraged in this anger, do you ever remember, Mary, that, that it almost felt like an out-of-body experience? It was. That, that this was not you. Mm-hmm. This was something dark and angry that you had no control over at that moment. Do you remember? Well, I, w- I do remember my husband actually relaying something back to me, and that was um, during the intervention where I turned to him and said, thank you. I do not remember that. And at that moment, he was able to separate me from that devil within. And, um, and he saw the June, the Mary that he loved, um, and, um, and was able to continue on. How interesting. So let me describe what, what I'm, what I'm, I'm, I'm interpreting you say that your subconscious, your soul that wanted to live all of a sudden for that moment became awoken, Mm -hmm. awakened, whatever. It woke up and it said, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saving me. Mm -hmm. This demon that that possessed you and, and has the ability to possess all of us eclipsed every sane reason for survival. But at that moment, that little, that little sliver of, of the subconscious soul that wants to live and love and survive, it said, thank you. That's right. And your husband Reco- he recognized, recognized that. He did. Yeah, we, you know, I've had other guests talk about you know, other experiences uh, where, where they weren't themselves, but, but, but something, some, some light was able to, to shine through all the, the darkness. Right. Mm-hmm. How wonderful. So anyway, back to the intervention and the anger and, and, and this, uh, this... The devil, you know, devil within, that's how I describe it, um, was just furious because the devil doesn't want me to have a sober life. The devil doesn't want me to get well. And I now recognize that being a sober woman in recovery um, that that's what it was at the time. But when you're in it, or when I was in it, I didn't recognize that. Precisely. That's the purpose of this show, is to make sure that the newcomers and anybody in early recovery remember that uh, God can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. But I got to tell you, there's something uh, evil, you can call it the devil within, and certainly if we're possessed and we've invited uh, demonic uh, interference by engaging in the seven deadly sins or self-serving behavior... You know, there, there it is, you know. 
it's a it's a simple analysis but it can become very obscured with with distraction we're going to be right back with mary t i'm toby c name of the show is called the fourth dimension talking about evil resistance during early recovery mary's got a couple of more ghost stories so you're going to want to stick around and listen to these we'll be right back with mary t over and out Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. All right, listen, we can't pin all of our anger and our disappointing experiences in life on the devil, okay? It'd be too easy to dump our sins on the devil. You know, the devil made me do it, right? No, I don't think so. You know, as we've already mentioned, you know, um, the devil or the evil one or whatever you want to call it can lead us to despair, okay? Can amplify and exacerbate uh, some of the the, uh, the sinful decisions that we make. But remember, gang, you know, Adam and Eve committed the original sin, not the snake. But we're talking about the snake today because the snake is, is ever-present. The devil is got to believe that the devil exists, okay? You don't need any more demonstrations. We're here to talk about a couple ghost stories with Mary, and she's got a couple of doozies now of weird, um, almost paranormal experiences she had in early recovery in that, that most desperate moment where she just wanted to, to get better and move toward the light. What do you think, Mary? What story do you want to tell us first? I know you got a couple of... Well, I think um, when you talk about the early recovery, um, um, once I um, had put down the drink and no longer had meth in my system, I was able to have a little bit of clarity. Uh, However, that shame and um, pride, you know, was still within me and, and I wanted everything back the way that I wanted it. And um, I certainly wanted to see my children. And I, I do remember um, driving to my home. Um, the house is at the top of a hill, and I parked at the bottom of the hill. And um, I was with one of the uh, my sober buddy from the treatment center, which was a no-no. You know, I, sh- I shouldn't have taken her there. Uh, but here I am. I, I want to do what I want to do. And, you know, uh, the devil within is guiding me. And uh, my mother came and said my husband wanted to see me, and I went up there, and um, he was the one that put the restraining order on me, and we d- I did not communicate with him all through treatment, so I had, had no communication with him, and it was a very scary time. And, and then my daughter, who had told me that she hated me and that one hour on Sunday was enough to see me, um, jumped into my arms, and it was a turning point um, in my recovery and in my sobriety. Um, but 
you know, that that devil is ever so lurking. And uh, another story that wait, I have. Wait, wait, wait. Well, for, let me just. Yeah. I just didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's so important. I want to just make a point. As, as you describe this experience, you know, this was a real heartbreak for you, this, this experience. You call it a turning point. However, you, you know, you, we're willing to go to any lengths to get better, but we'll break a few rules along the way, okay? Yeah. You broke a rule. You, you acted in some, hate to sound, you know, self-righteous or righteous, but immoral. Mm-hmm. You broke the rules. Mm-hmm. You, you left the treatment center. You took a person that you weren't supposed to uh, take. You were, were uh, almost violating a restraining order. I did you were, violate the you, restraining you order. You were somewhere mm-hmm. where you were not supposed to be doing something you were not supposed to be doing with somebody you were not supposed to be with. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. And you opened yourself up to some real heartbreak at that moment. That was the surreal experience that you had. Mm-hmm. But you didn't think you were acting immoral at the time. These are just, you know, these are your emotions. These are your needs. These are your feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, could you have had a turning point, Mary, in early recovery without having to have gone through that, that heartbreaking experience? What do you think? Well, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly won't. But but again, we're opening up our minds to the possibility that right. uh, that that possibly, um, well, maybe God meant for you to to have that experience. But uh, I actually truly believe that um, that you know when I went back to the treatment center, uh, there everybody was talking about it. You know, it was all like you know everybody was, oh my God, you know what June what Mary did, and um, and I decided that. Uh, I needed to tell somebody, and uh, during after the circle of of um, you know the Friday night when everybody shares what's going on in their week, you know I shared about it, and then promptly afterwards was um, you know the consequences came, which was my car was taken away from me, and uh, I had to take a taxi back to you know the house, and but these are these were learning experiences, and um, you know I. I certainly wouldn't change anything today because it's just it some, was it was a turning point in the in my family's life. Yeah, and something that maybe you just had to go through. I did. So you had another experience, Mary. I've had a couple, uh, but yeah. one that that really came to mind when when you were asking me about about this um, early recovery. Um, we were in our summer home and. I found a little uh, folded up paper under my daughter's bed when I was vacuuming and it was meth, um, you know, in this little packet. And I took it and I looked at it and I thought, wow, that would be some nice energy in the afternoon to do some house cleaning. And I put it in my pocket. And just for a brief moment, I um, contemplated using that. And then um, I don't know what happened, but I realized that um, I had heard somebody in a, a meeting talking about that where they had found a packet of Coke in the street and they picked it up and then they looked at it and they were like, well, it's not enough. Where am I going to get more? And that came over me and I remembered that and I thought, it, it's not enough. Where am I going to get more? 
And I took it and I actually um, flushed it down the toilet. I told my husband, called my sponsor, um, and, you know, I felt empowered after that. I felt and uh, that I had been empowered and I, I felt much stronger after that. Mm-hmm. Is it possible, Mary, that there was some kind of a demonic struggle going on at that moment? I didn't hear you say how badly you felt that your daughter had, you know, methamphetamine under her bed. I didn't hear you say how 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 ashamed and how hurt you felt that your daughter was was participating in the, the drug of the devil. Well, that came later. Well, certainly, but but I'm talking about at that moment. No. At that moment, you were only thinking about one thing and one person only, and that was who? That was you. That was me. You know, I can't do this because um, there's just not enough to, to keep the party going. I get it. How interesting. You know, looking back, that was a uh, an evil moment, and you were able to somehow transcend that evil moment by, by flushing it down the toilet, talking to your sponsor, you know, and working your way through it. But, man, was it a battle. Mm-hmm. And the devil was still within you, wasn't That's he? That's right. How... how much sobriety had you had at that point when you had that experience? A couple of years. A couple of years, yeah. So, I mean, early recovery is early recovery, and uh, and you know, some of us don't get the uh, the sudden and and spectacular upheaval. You know, it's a slow burn for some of us. But that devil, you know, until we really clean house and really expel that that demon, you know, can we not rest assured that we're safely protected in a position of neutrality? I like to say safe in the bosom of Abraham, but that's the deal. And you weren't safe yet. You weren't out of the woods yet, were you, Mary? No, I wasn't. Uh, and yet I was because I didn't use it. Yeah. A victory. Mm-hmm. A victory. If you're just joining us, we're here with Mary T. My name is Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension. We talk about evil resistance during early recovery. That's our show topic. Show topic is about. The crazy, insane, evil, dark things that happen to so many of us when we hit bottom and we, like so many of us, did you ever have that moment, Mary, where you, where you cried out to God uh, alone and in your pain, God help me? Did you ever have a God help me moment? I never had a God help me moment of yeah. calling out God help me. Um, I've had other moments where I... Um, have asked for help, but not from God. Um, you know, like help, help me get out of this situation. Um, now I have a God in my life. So I, you know, I talk to God daily, but in early recovery, early recovery, that same God was not there. Was it a lonely experience in early recovery, not having that God, or did you really rely on the group in early recovery? I know a little bit about your story and you, we're going to talk about this at, during our final segment of the show. But you started to really serve the group. And the group perhaps became your higher power, Mary? Absolutely. Sobriety, the, all aspects of sobriety helped me. Um, the group, certainly. I've, I felt safe uh, and protected uh, going to a meeting every day and being with people that were just like me. Yeah, yeah. Back up a little bit. When you were growing up, did, did you 
What was your religious uh, uh, background or exposure? So I've always been a seeker. My uh, family did not go to church. My father um, maintained that he was um, an atheist, but I think he was using the wrong word. I think he was just agnostic um, because I've <laughs> recently, um, I have a Bible in my, in my nightstand drawer and my father gave me that Bible in 1973. And so I'm thinking, if he was truly um, an atheist, why would he be giving me a Bible? But uh, we didn't have church, uh, although I've always been a seeker. And um, I would go to Sunday school with the little kids, uh, all dressed up with my little handbag and my hat. And, um, you know, so I participated in, in church in my own way. I actually got christened when I was 18 years old. Right on. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've heard it said that sometimes faith comes easier to those who have never had any faith at all, so to speak, than those of, of some of us who have had faith and lost that faith and found it wanting. You know, there's faith and there's the way of faith and the way of no faith. So what's the point? But it sounds to me like you found your faith. You found a real God of your understanding, even though you may not have had that exposure per se, in your upbringing. So maybe, you know, you say that you're a seeker. Were you a seeker always as a, as a, as a child, as a, as a young woman? I remember as a young um, child in Scotland looking out my window at the stars because they're just so magnificent, you know, bright, bright stars in a dark sky where I grew up and always thinking what's out there, you know, thinking of there's, you know, I, I felt so insignificant in that massive sky. And, um, and of course, I've, I've learned that um, God is everywhere and God is within. And that's through um, my belief system now and, and learning about uh, where that God is everywhere. Um, but I, I wasn't thinking that way when I was in my disease. God was nowhere. There you go. We're going to finish up our show with Mary T. She's got one more ghost story to tell us when we come back. And again, the theme of this show is evil resistance that so many of us experience in early recovery when we're trying to get off that bottom. You know, and sometimes when we have a God of our understanding, it can be kind of confusing to get off that bottom. And, and um, Mary's got an interesting story to share with us when we come back. Be right back with Mary T. and Toby C. in the show Fourth Dimension. Sharing testimonies about the evil influences interfering in our most desperate and hopeful moments in life. Here's Toby. All right, Mary. We're going to save the best ghost story for last, but I got I to throw in, you know, number two and a half here. There was a period when you um, in early recovery and you weren't drinking. But you were around other people who were doing their thing, okay? And it may have involved drugs or alcohol, whatever, okay? That's, that's not your thing. Your thing is not to drink, and you didn't want to drink. 
tell us about the water bottle experience, Mary. <laughs> well, <coughs> excuse me. So my girls um, were becoming teenagers and they were, you know, doing their thing, whatever they do with alcohol um, as teenagers. And uh, we were at our vacation home and I took a water bottle that had been used and put it in my bike to go on a bike ride. And, um, you know, I'd filled it with water and I uh, stopped to take a drink out of it and it tasted like vodka. So, you know, those girls of mine had obviously used it for vodka at some point. And I did have this um, moment where um, I, I was just, I got, I just was so afraid. And because I, I look at the the disease of alcohol alcoholism and drug addiction as um, the devil within. And I know that um, through just learning about the disease, that if if I take a drink, I'm going to want more. And and even just the flavor of vodka, you know, on my lips made me afraid because I'm, th- I'm thinking, is that devil going to come alive within me? You know, that sleeping tiger. And um, I just was, I was really afraid. And um, again, I had the clarity of mind um, after the fear of calling my sponsor and saying, look, this is what's happened to me. And she's like, okay, calm down. It's okay. You're not going to drink today. This is a test. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and again, spoke to my husband about it and, um, you know, and, and realized I was okay. Okay. But still, there it was. Anybody in the 12-step movement, uh, if you've been around long enough, you understand something called the phenomena of craving. The phenomena of craving happens in the brain. All we got to do is smell it. All we got to do is taste it. All we got to do is remember it mm-hmm. and it's there and you, you know, that memory of that drink was brought right back, wasn't mm-hmm. it? The phenomenon yep. of craving was, 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 was kicked into gear and that phenomenon of craving, Mary, is that God or is that the devil? Well, I mean, I didn't have a craving after that. I, I, I had fear that I would have a craving, um, but even just tasting it, then I was like, oh, my God, everybody's going to think I relapsed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I I have to say that since I, I gave up alcohol and um, other drugs, um, I haven't had that phenomenon of craving. I have not experienced that. I, I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know whether that's the, you know, God living within me. But, you know, those devilish moments of looking at it and saying, oh, yeah, a glass of wine looks great, uh, but not romancing it, not taking it to the next level. You um, de- yeah, you described it earlier, you know, perhaps, and let's not get too philosophical, but but the devil within. And right now you describe the devil within as being so minuscule and, and small in comparison to this God consciousness mm-hmm. and this light and this light and this God consciousness, if we maintain the spiritual condition, can overwhelm this this darkness, this this evil and this devil within. No, and that that is, you know, in our program we say one day at a time. Um, and, you know, there was a period of time when I I didn't have this um spirituality that I feel today. Um, it is a, a, it's a, a daily reprieve. And uh, there was a, a, 
a period of time in my sobriety when I felt like I was being swept out to sea. And I don't know whether that's the devil trying to take me. Um, I didn't drink, but I did not feel right in my own skin. I I didn't feel comfortable. And, um, you know, I did talk about it um, with my sponsor at that time, and uh, she wasn't very helpful. So, um, but I did keep talking about it. I think I I called you, Toby. And uh, and so, I mean, my... I guess God within was asking for help, and um, fortunately enough, I didn't drink or drug. we got to pay attention to these bumps in the road. I want to finish up our show here, Mary. You know, you're a woman of, of achievement. You've experienced the, the, the American dream. You're a woman of discipline. You're a woman of routine. You hit a bump in the road a couple of years ago, didn't you? I did. Like so many of us, and... Mm-hmm. and, um, and I'm not going to say it almost took you out, but what was your experience in that bump in the road? Describe it for us. Because that bump in the road, by the way, may have been a test, but the, the bump, the hump, was from the evil one. Mm-hmm. And how did you handle that hump in the road? Well, I was, you know, putting myself down. I was feeling ashamed. I was... F- so anyway, you were taken out of your routine, your rhythm, your discipline, if you will, and it was... It was an evil experience. It was a bump in the road. Describe the bump. So, um, I yes, you said I lost my rhythm. Um, I was a daily meeting uh, person and connected to my sponsor and you know other women in sobriety and you know I, I lost that um, during a period of time when the rest of the world basically shut down. You know, with our pandemic. And, um, and, and I felt like, um, I felt like I was being swept out to sea. I felt, I felt disconnected and I don't know whether you want to call that the devil within or not, but, um, it, it didn't feel good. And, and I did talk to my sponsor about it. Um, she wasn't very helpful at the time, uh, with me either, um, more dismissive, um, I I called you, Toby, and uh, a couple of other people, and I think that was that was in, uh, my road back was the connection, the connection to others that understood. Um, Mary, what you're describing here is unity, is the group, and God as He expresses Himself through the group, and there's going to be these bumps in the road like that terrible pandemic that we experience that's going to separate us from the group. And this separation from the group, Mary, is that the devil or is that God? Separation from the group? Um, devil. Well done. All right, it's a perfect way to end this. Gang, stick close to the group. Stick close to the group and God as he expresses himself through the group. And God will protect you and, and keep you and the bosom of Abraham, safe and protected in a position of neutrality. Mary, thank you so much for coming in and and joining us today and sharing your ghost stories. I'm Toby C. The name of the show is The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. Talking about evil resistance during early recovery. Come back soon. Thank you.